talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. people because it's Tuesday and everybody loves a little crane sign on a Tuesday. Welcome to Fight Club, everybody. We'll tell you about that later. (laughs) Yes, we are back. Welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by Jake Wold. Thank you so much for joining us, Jake. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. Um, Can you just give our listeners a brief rundown of yourself, your business, and kind of the background? Yeah. So Jake Wold is my name. Um, I've been in the garage door industry for um, 15 years. Um, I'm the managing partner of a company in California called Rightway Garage Doors. Um, I'm also the head of the garage door division for a company called Axolotl, which just partnered with one of the largest garage door companies or manufacturers in the United States. And we specialize in like surfaces, um, unique surfaces for garage doors. Um, My passion in the industry is not only the product, but the people within it. Um, I love leadership. I love sales. I love marketing. I tolerate systems. um, And I I barely hang on when it comes to um, accounting. Although I do love profit and loss statements. Assuming we had a good month. <laughs> awesome. I think we covered uh, every area. So we'll be able to each touch on those uh, as we go throughout the show here. But thank you so much, Jake. And thank you for joining us this Tuesday. Um, new listeners, returning listeners, my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing and paper sealing company in South Florida with my husband, where the heat is getting hotter and hotter daily. So please send <laughs> some nice cold weather our way. But... Um, my background's in marketing. So that's what I love to talk to y'all about and love to talk to our guests about. I love to be able to really hear their marketing journeys, their stories, and then also talk data and numbers if we can get to that point about how to kind of make decisions and how business owners make decisions for their marketing based upon those numbers. So super excited to be back with you guys this Tuesday and happy Fight Club. All right. I'm Amanda and I get to go second today. And but, um, I am a lead trainer here at Power Selling Pros, uh, where we help you book more calls, win more moments. And I love hearing how we can just create a better customer experience that then leads to more sales. Love it. And uh, my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also have a full service accounting firm called Likes Accounting Company. I'm the CEO of a window cleaning company and a bunch of other things and a personal friend to Jake here. Super excited to have you at early, oh, dark 30 in California. Uh, He (laughs) says it's not early. And Amanda, I'm going to try and stay going third today. That is my goal. My goal through this show. I can do it. I would share my spot with you anytime. You you have it. (laughs) Good job. Good job. Hey there, Jake. I'm Michelle. And I promise by the end of our time together, 
systems will be more tolerable. I swear. Uh, I own a, a admin services company that helps people put remote CSRs or office managers in their business. So I solved that problem. And I'm the proud owner of a wise coatings location with my husband. So we do floor coating. So we're in the trades as well. And I'm grateful to have you here and can't wait to meet you and know more about what you do. Welcome to Fight Club. Thank you. Uh, you guys remember, I'm still in my glasses. I can't see a thing. Um, I'm Martha. I look like Brad Pitt, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a running thing, Jake. I'm, I'm hating these glasses for 12 weeks. But uh, anyway, I'm Martha Woodward. I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, and my mission is to just help people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club. We'll pass it back to Tay. You'll get us started and uh, I'll, I'll grab more coffee. <laughs> or, yeah, you guys on the West Coast need more coffee. Definitely, uh, definitely Especially early. after a pickle pub crawl <laughs> or something from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Your pickled uh, pub crawl through bo with boats, I think it was. There's boat taxis involved somewhere. But that's a, that's a story for another time. I'll save that for Martha to talk about the QDS conference next year. But Jake, I get to chat with you first and kind of, I'm, I want to kind of talk about uh, the, just like the name of the business. I know this kind of is different for me, um, but right way garage doors, I feel like putting something in a name like that would scare a lot of people, like putting right way is how like that's how we do things this is how we do garage doors but that is like the name of the company i feel like people would be really scared <laughs> for the backlash that could come from a marketing standpoint if things did happen to go the wrong way so i kind of wanted to talk about that experience kind of i know there was a name change at some point so how you guys kind of got to this name was there any reservation with having right way as the name and if so kind of what were those um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of start from there and then we'll see where we go. Yeah. So great question. And, and sometimes we do things the wrong way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I, I love hearing about those experiences. In fact, I don't have gatekeepers. If somebody has a problem, I want to hear about it. Mm. The name came. So originally our company name was RW Garage Doors. The company was founded before I was born in 1980. Um, I became a partner about three years ago. Um, and then an equal partner, uh, even more recently, and it worked. His last name was Reed. His old partner was last name Wang. They broke apart like in 1990. My last name is Wold. It was meant to be. You could have wrote it up like a fairy tale. Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out to Dan Antonelli. I saw him at a conference, just like I, I spoke with Megan and, um, engaged with him. I thought our logo needed, um, it wasn't even our logo. It was just a cool wrap. I was thinking we would have our our circle logo and he would just put like like a cool like mascot behind it. Um, we started talking. He told me my name sucks. Um, I said, okay. He goes, yeah, you should change it. I said, you're an idiot. We've been in business for 42 years. There's no way. Um, he said, well, okay, but it still sucks. And, you know, he... He, so we started, before we even started talking about names, I said, you know, I, I think that we can use this thing as a tagline. One of our customers at our um, at our Portland franchise, they said, oh, you, you guys do things, you know, 
you guys are awesome. You must be called RW because you do things the right way. And I had never heard that before. I had never once sat and thought about what does RW stand for. Um, so I, I brought that up to Dan and he's like, I love it. He's like, that, that's your new name. I'm like, and I'm like, no, I still had my reservations. And of course, you know, it's when you say it, it means something. But really what he said is it not only speaks to your external audience, but equally as important, it speaks to your internal audience. We do things the right way. So our tagline is we get it, get it done the right way. But it's also for our internal audience as well. Like, yeah. we get the job done the right way. If you don't, you know, hey, we have um, a job. It uses two white springs. Um, I have a yellow and a white spring. Can I just get it done? And it's like, okay, is that the right way? No. Okay, go back and get the right springs. We do it in leadership meetings and everything we do. And, and that's, it's on our vans. Get it done the right way. It's our closing line. Do you want to get it done the right way? Yeah. I mean, the power of words, right? I mean, I, people, I, I feel like this happens a lot when people are looking and I'm not surprised Dan really pushed you guys to get to a new point for a new name. So I'm happy he, he really pushed those buttons because this is phenomenal. And it was one of the first things I noticed immediately when doing my research for the show was just how much power the name that you guys chose for the company to move forward with from RW to right way has. I mean, I thought the same thing. It has the internal customers, but it also has that same power for the external customers. I look at this as a consumer and I see this company is going to come to me and they're going to do things properly. I'm going to have everything done the right way. And I'm going to be proud of hiring them as the company I chose for my garage doors. Um, now I will ask, I want to make sure we do get to the wrong way side of things because it does happen. Of course, yeah. we are all human. It's not the end of the world. I mean, it happens all the time, but how do you guys handle that with a name this powerful and very in yeah. your face about being the right way? How do you guys approach when things do go wrong? Cause that is a, a way I could see a marketing disaster, potential disaster happening if the wrong unhappy customer decided to re lash out on Google. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, marketing puts pressure on sales in a good way. The name puts pressure on our operations. So we have to, you know, not act like we are, act like we know how we can be. So um, I think it's really about less about the mistake and more about how we handle it. Mm. We used to have a, and this is just recent, I just changed this like two weeks ago. If a customer called with an issue, um, we would take a message, we would do our research, and then we would call them back. And what we found is customers would call irritated, and then they would get off the phone livid. So, you know, really handling the customers is, is just having a, the first step is having a direct line of communication. If we could capture that issue quickly on the front end and with resolution and communication, it's going to de-escalate things, whereas we... Tell a customer, okay, hey, we're going to work on it. We'll have someone call you back. And in that time, they've already called their mom and their sister and blasted us on Yelp and, and all these other things. So, I mean, we we have about 700 reviews out of our, our, our Bay Area location in Hayward, 4.9 stars. If there is a problem, we reach out to that customer. We use, an in, we use service Titan, so we have internal reputation monitoring. It doesn't filter reviews. If you do a bad job, you get a bad uh, review. So responding then and then knowing exactly what we can do to make it right. 
And that's the key. I think that's where people get so scared of the negative review. And I talk to Martha about this all the time. Um, when I'm looking for a company, if there is a negative review, I sit and read how the owner responds to it. Like I want to see how the business is approaching the situation that they did. They were able to write the wrong potentially, or at least be able to come to a resolution that the customer did leave happy. Maybe they weren't able to fully correct it, but they were able to, you know, come to a resolution with the customer. And that to me says a lot more about the company than five-star reviews everywhere because no one's perfect. You, you can have the name right way garage doors and still have something accidentally go the wrong way one time. But knowing that you're going to handle everything the right way is the most important factor to me looking at it as a consumer. And that to me says more about company and the relationship I would have with the company than it would if it was just kind of just handling it, like you said, just kind of just answering the phone, hoping it goes well, and then I, <laughs> going I, could, <laughs> I could preach this very strongly internally when somebody calls and someone says, oh, that customer is a nightmare. Mm. I always challenge them and I say, listen to when they first called. They usually were sweethearts. You or we or someone mm. in our organization did that to them. And, um, you know, in our manager meetings, we really talk like we have to like admit that, you know, we cause a lot of discomfort for people and we have a lot of um, influence on uh, how a customer, you know, the, I even say like sometimes we can control the level of someone's blood pressure. If we didn't handle a situation right, someone calls us in tears. I always say, go back to the first call. They were sweethearts. We, there's always some sort of accountability or some sort of action that we had that we caused that. So the goal is to, to prevent that from happening and figuring out. And it's really like, it's owning it. It's, um, it's not, you know, that customer was a nightmare. It's like, oh my gosh, like we really F that one up. Like we need to make it right. And we need to apologize. Like when I get, to, when I, whenever I talk to an escalation, it's not a lot. I always let them know, I am so sorry that, you know, you're upset and that we put you in a position where you've called us four times. You've had to cancel a check all over because somebody didn't get back to you. So for that, I deeply apologize. And that doesn't represent our company. And if it did, I wouldn't be in business. Absolutely. And the honesty. I mean, you're, you're being honest. You're being very straightforward. Um, I, I think this is a perfect transition, honestly, because Amanda talks so well about this with um, our, you know, within the show and within our admins, teaching admins how to handle these conflict resolution situations. But I will wrap up the marketing real quick. So we have a really powerful name with Rightway, and that is something that you can absolutely be proud of. So thank you so much. I appreciate for it. Thank you more to that absolutely and talking about the background of the story because hopefully someone listening today is going to be looking at their name a little bit different and seeing how they can make a lot more powerful of a name for their business but thank you so much jake i'll let amanda take over from here all right so i'll kind of piggyback off this discussion um hearing how long the company's been around been in business how you handled those upset customers i'm sure you have a really good loyal customer base from all of that so what has been your secret or biggest takeaway in like creating customer loyalty? You know, I, I think that's something that we're, we're, you know, we haven't arrived there for sure. It's something that we're continuing to work on. Most of our customers come back to us because our stickers on the garage. Mm -hmm. I want people to come back to us because they're scared to work with another company. Um, and I think that's, you know, we have to continue to just utilize the tools we have. Like when somebody calls with a problem, this is how it goes. 
Um, uh, yeah, I'm calling my garage doors broken. Um, I'm stuck in the garage. I'm going to miss my kids recital. Um, can you come out? And, you know, in prior, we would be like, okay, great. What's your name? <laughs> We're not, not even acknowledging anyone's problem. So, you know, being empathetic and when somebody knows and they have a really a major problem because to them, that's the worst thing in the world. They're stuck in their garage. So acknowledging their, their um, issue, showing empathy, but also being genuine, like genuinely feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to help this person. That's how we keep people coming back. So um, we retain our loyal customers by giving them that five-star experience. Um, and then, you know, and, and just all around, not just from the time we answer the phone, but to the time we come back if there's any issues. Uh, and plus being in business for this long, you know, obviously helps. Yeah, you got to be doing something right to be in business that long. And I love that because I, when you said, I'm going to miss my kids recital, like we've all had the problem just ourselves as a customer where I'm the storyteller customer. I will tell you like my life story. <laughs> I am that person. But it's that shout out for empathy. And it's so easy be to become desensitized to it because we yeah. hear it day in and day out. And for the customer, it's probably the first time it's ever happened to them. Yeah, a few times in their lives. Yeah, it's really bad when someone calls and someone says, "Yeah, I have a broken spring." You're like, "Awesome, okay, let me take a look at the schedule." <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, that's not awesome. And I always tell people too, like, you know, empathy is is critical, but just acknowledging the customer's issue, like, you know, I, you have to get buy-in. You can't just go to a CSR and say, "Hey, start showing empathy and start acknowledging people's issues." They're not bought in. You have to use real life scenarios and always for the most part, everybody that works here, you know, has a spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend. And I always say like, imagine walking in the door and you saying, oh my gosh, this crazy thing happened at work. It's so devastating. I'm so hurt from it. And then your spouse go, okay, great. What's for dinner? No acknowledgement. <laughs> like first let's start with acknowledging them as a human being, showing yeah. empathy because we actually care and then being the superhero and actually getting them taken care of uh, so they can get it done the right way. Yes. I always say overcoming a price objection starts before price is ever discussed. If you don't have that likability, that empathy, that connection, price is going to be a bigger hurdle to overcome later on in that. that call. Yeah. It really tees up the service tech, you know, because when you, they call in, first of all, they see, they, they see our website mm -hmm. and it looks good. It looks clean. Um, there's value propositions. It gets them to call. They have somebody super pleasant on the phone. We can actually get out there same day. We show up in a ProMaster 3500 with the most beautiful wrap. Says the right way. It's got tubes. It's got everything our warehouse has. And not only are they going to we going there to not only just fix the problem but provide a solution that's going to 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 get beyond that and we can get it done right now. Um, it really the CSPs or we call them customer service pros is that they're able to really tee up the customer for a great experience and also lower their anxiety from the time they call to the time that we actually can get out and help them. Like, how do we make them feel better and know, okay, this sucks, but right way is going to come through. They're going to take care of me and I'm not going to trip about it anymore. I love that because they are the voice of your company when, when they call in it, it's them. They're teeing up your technicians for success. 
Um, is there anything you have found that really helps set those technicians up for success on that phone call? Because so many times we'll just go, hey, technician's on the way. Is there anything you add or anything you do to kind of help that um, transfer from the call to the technicians to be? Yeah, abs yeah absolutely. And I think you just touched on something is like, first of all, the CSRs need to know that they're like important and they really need to understand that, that what the objective is and that the work they're doing is worthwhile. There's a great book called Gung Ho. It's like quirky. I highly recommend. I think the author wrote it from uh, uh, that wrote Who Moved My Cheese, but it's a really good fun, like, like fable. And it talks about everybody needs to understand what the true objective is. If you ask a CSR, like we had a meeting the other day and I actually ran the meeting. I asked our CSPs, I said, what do you think the objective is? And one person said, you know, oh, book the call, make the customer feel better. And then another person said, you know, take care of them. And the other person said, retain them. And that's exactly what the right answer is. The right answer is that it's not about selling the customer. It's not about even just providing a solution. It's providing them an experience that's going to ensure that they call back. And we always, we have this like circle and, and it's very complex. It's like, you are the, the critical first part that starts with, we have lead generation, and then we have, you know, booking the call, selling the call. And it's really important that they understand that they are important and they have so much influence. And when you empower them, they want to say, hey, I got um, Devin coming out. He's got six years of experience. You know, I know that you're calling and, you know, you're almost in tears. Please know he's going to pull up. You know, you're going to see him. He's in right way branded attire. You're going to know exactly who he is. He's got all those parts of the spring you're talking about. Even if it's a, a weird spring, we can actually make it and get it done for you. So I think it's really just them knowing how important they are and then and then them being bought in that their teammates, that's another thing is like, they have to trust their team. They have to trust the service techs. There has to be some connection there. They need to know if they say, so-and-so is gonna take care of you, they're actually gonna take care of you and they're not just fluffing. Yes, I, I think that's huge. And so what I'm taking away from all this is the sale is the result of all of this prep work that happens beforehand. Uh, it's it's customer service driven with the sale being the result from that. But it's not it's not the used car salesman. It's not like make the sale, make the sale. It's let's make a great experience. So we get loyalty, reviews, referrals, and the sale. It's a stronger, stronger approach. And I love that. So with that, I'm gonna lend it over to to Megan here for sake of time. So I make sure all of my my co-hosts here get their, get their time in, but let's talk money. So we I talk know. sales, let's talk money. Well, we can like, listen to you talk forever, Amanda. We love you. You're the best. Uh, and he's a raving fan of Power Selling Pros because of the experience you deliver. So shout out to Power Selling Pros. Um, David just put in the chat, he needs this admin to listen to this. Uh, David, I'm going to tell you that we have admin bootcamp adventure coming up in Las Vegas in July. And all of us lovely ladies will be there coaching admins personally. So if that's something you want to invest in, we'll be sure to put the link. Uh, we would love to see your admin there. Jake, I thought we were going to talk about how you always get what you want because you're like the most <laughs> persistent business owner I know. And I, it's, it's like, you're not aggressive because you're so nice. You have a very special gift in influencing people. So I thought I was going to embarrass you and make you talk about that. I think I can't embarrass you because 
it's true. Um, and then I was like, oh, but you're also getting really good at diversifying. Like, you know, I think you're kind of looking ahead and paying attention and trying to figure out, okay, what can we do next? How can we pivot? Where are we going? Um, but I think we have to keep going with retention because uh, I just had a meeting with my coach last week and for my window cleaning company. And this is what we talked about the metrics about returning customers. And I think that that could be a really valuable conversation to continue. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, it's critical because, you know, we have, we did about 16 million in revenue last, last year. We have a goal of 20 this year and we need to get to hundred in five years. So um, retaining customers is huge because you're not just retaining that customer. You know, we don't want to just create, happy customers. We want to create advocates. And there is a big difference. Um, a happy customer looks like, hey, Megan, um, do you know any good garage door guys? And you're like, yeah, my friend Jake, he run, he owns uh, Right Way Garage Doors. Yeah, give him a call. That's a happy customer. A, an advocate is going and saying, hey, Tay, uh, do you know any good window cleaners? And they're like, yeah, Megan's awesome. But let me tell you about Jake at Right Way Garage Doors. He's awesome. They showed up. They fixed my garage door or they replace her, whatever it is. So I think retention is huge. And it's it's not just um, creating a good um, experience, but it's also like those touch points. It's, you know, it, it could be memberships. It could be um, newsletters. It could be providing some sort of value that's going to keep you in mind, but also remind people like, I actually have a garage door guy. And for me, like, I have a painter, but I don't have like a flooring company, like, you know, but so that's the goal is to be somebody's go-to company. Yeah. I, it's funny. I have two comments about that. I was at a rotary cocktail party a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the HVAC company in my town, Blake's and how Blake's was like the gold standard for customer service. And it, and it is exactly what you just described. I think somebody else was talking about like a painter or maybe even window cleaner and we, the conversation went around to Blake's and I thought that was so interesting. Uh, so shout out to Blake's locally. Like you are the gold standard for service. Um, I want to take this a little bit of a money direction because I think that that's something that you and I nerd out about a lot. But when I had this conversation with my coach, it came up because we were restructuring sales commissions in our company. And she had me basically like flip everything on its head and prioritize sales commissions for returning customers. So she wanted me to break my PL to really separate how much of it was from repeat business versus how much of it was from new business and to, to incentivize an internal salesperson to really, really prioritize those touch points with our repeat customers. And that was such a foreign thing to me. Um, and, and, and I realized why this felt so like, I don't know, game changing, life changing is we spend a lot of time chasing strangers. Why don't we spend the same amount of effort prioritizing the customers that have already given us money, the customers that already know, like, and trust us? Why are we not putting the same efforts and incentives behind keeping them engaged? So yeah, well, we're, I'm sure you are going to have a lot of conversations about this, but <laughs> just a quick aside, like what they talked about was what are the touch points we can create? So like, if we think about the right way, can you, you're so creative. Can you brainstorm with us a couple of ways that you could implement this? with creating like a good new customer, I mean, returning customer experience? Yeah, it's huge because you, you use the word time, but it's also mm -hmm. money. We spend a lot of money chasing customers that are not going to do business with us. Um, so 
I think it's always comes down to value. It's not, you know, and it's how can we provide more value to a customer or some value to a customer that just got their gloves were installed a year ago. So I think for us, it's going to be memberships and it's going to be memberships really revolved around preventative maintenance. And if you look at historically, uh, even in the HVAC industry, um, a lot of times people are going to repair something and they're going to say, okay, well, I'm not going to replace it unless it's broken. But it's interesting because when you go to a lot of these the people that were going to their houses for garage doors, they, they just, this is their first house or they've never had a garage door pro- problem. But what they have had is they've had issues with their car. Like almost everyone has a car except Megan. Actually, she just finally got a car. Um, <laughs> But if you look at, you go and if you have like your brakes are squeaking, right? You go and you go to the, the mechanic and the mechanic says, okay, yeah, I'm going to go look at your brakes. Yeah, they're squeaky. We'll go ahead and get them replaced. You're not waiting until you plow into a wall. And I think that's like getting our, our, our um, employees or our team to really like talk about that with our customers and even market that way. Like don't wait until you get stuck in your garage and you miss your kid's recital or you're late for work, like do these proactive things. So we like to retain them. We like to like send out these bulletins, like how to, you know, lube your garage door, like low things, how to clean your safety sensors. So it, what it does is it keeps them engaged, but then also throw in a special. So you can't just use like, if you're just gonna market to your, your existing customers, you'll get some good return. But if you could provide value that doesn't just cost money, then you're probably going to get more response from that. And we actually know that. that. That's what we know. I love that. Tay is clapping. I've been begging Tay to do like a monthly newsletter on education. Amanda, can you do your party trick real quick though? So Jake at Rightway needs to sell a membership. Can you can you just sell one for him real quick, please? Yes. Okay. Hey, show you. So, I love it. You yeah. haven't done this one yet. Yeah. I haven't done this one. So... Selling memberships, guys, I could get stuck in this topic forever, but you have two minutes to close the door. So here's you the thing about my time. I love you. So no, I'm not going to infringe on time, but this, this is how I do it. So they call in, you solve the original problem for you, um, you get them booked, you build your value, you give them the price or your diagnostic or what it costs to come out, and then you hit them with a question Are you paying full price or membership pricing today? Or some sort of question that's hard to say no to that makes them go, well, what's membership pricing or what's this? And now your CSRs who are so scared of being salesmen, that's a scary word for a lot of them, are now just the educator. And that's the whole idea. So you bring up the part of the agreement that's most applicable for that call. So if it's a service call, you bring up the part that's going to address the service. If it's happening on a Saturday, you're going to bring up priority service first. So you bring up the part that's most applicable. You go over the benefits, not just the features of your membership. Mm -hmm. So feature is priority service. Benefit, we're here for you day or night. You're going to have peace of mind. No matter when it happens, we're going to take care of you. So feature versus benefit, make sure you hit on the benefits. Don't read them the back of a box. That is boring. Mm -hmm. And then you ask a question that's, again, hard to say no to. Would you like to enroll so we can save money for you today? Or would you like to enroll so you can have peace of mind with your garage door? 
Uh, I use enroll or join over sign up. Sign up is scary. Uh, it sounds like a commitment. Enroll or join, I became a part of something. And that's my two minute spiel on sign up. I, I need 30 <laughs> seconds additional, Amanda, because I'm in this group that I have on Messenger and it's like me and like five other business owners like throughout the United States. Um, monthly versus yearly and why? Okay. I am a big fan of monthly as long as it's not hurting you financially to go the monthly route. I know there's some companies, the monthly, it does weird things to their budget or like what they get um, different. Like they have to pay more for it. As long as it's not hurting you financially. I like monthly because monthly is budget friendly for a customer. Um, mm -hmm. gener like we are all used to paying monthly for things. Uh, streaming services, cell phone companies your bills it's very common so i like monthly that way because that's how people budget that's what i'm gonna play yes. the opposite because i don't agree this is important because this is the conversation we're having right now this streaming service if i want to watch hulu or netflix i'm watching it daily cell phone using it daily garage door service i see it every month but i'm not getting value every month and if the membership is going to be uh, revolve around a yearly maintenance, I don't see value in monthly unless we're coming out there monthly. Now, landscaping, different. We're going to be out there every month. Window cleaning, every month, right, Megan? Every month, that's what we want every customer every month. Every month, every week. Yeah. Garage door. So that's just, I'm not saying anybody's wrong. I, I think that I need to alter my way of thinking because for me, if I see that charge, every month, but I'm not getting value every month, then now it goes from a, a, a um, like a membership to an expense. So that's a, that's a really good point. So I'd pick what works for, for your business model and what you run into and whatever one you have, use the opposite one for your negotiation tool. So if they hear that yearly and they're like, oh man, and they kind of have sticker shock, mm -hmm. then give them that monthly option as a way. So I would always have both available and then you pick the model that can best best fit. So many bags of tricks, Amanda. So okay. many bags of tricks. And Jake has been doing this at Right Way. I love it. Um, and I can't wait to see what you build out for your membership, Jake, next time we see you on the show. We're gonna pass you to Michelle because she loves talking about systems. And she, yeah, we're gonna move, we're gonna move on. Thanks, Jake. Thank Jake, you. I, I want to challenge your thinking just a tiny bit about the monthly. Because you as a business owner are probably very well trained and uh, you're, you have a lot of uh, capacity to look at your finances monthly. I know as a homeowner, I don't look at that stuff as often as I do in my business. So just keep that in mind that people may not look at those monthly charges. I don't often. either. You're absolutely right. You know what I mean? That just might be your mindset because you're a business owner because that's what you drill on all the time. A regular consumer is like, I paid for what for nine months? Like that's, that happens to me. I mean, I know I do that in my personal life. Well, now they actually have, they have programs. And if you see them on Facebook and if we talk about it, you'll see them on your feed, like get rid of unnecessary monthly bills. And I'm like, no, don't, don't do that. Keep it. Can we create a service that makes you forget? about your reoccurring monthly memberships. Once you no, 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 because the value of the membership is that you're building a fence around your customer. You want them to see your name every month. They're never going to forget who their garage door company is. There you is. go. So you can't not, but yes. That's Thinking true. challenge. Thank you, guys. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Like that, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I, I love this conversation and how we're talking about 
all of the ways to build membership and, and these recurring revenue streams. But I've got a question that kind of leads us into the people category a bit. And a lot of people are talking about mergers and acquisitions, growing their company, bringing on new things. Tell me what sort of the process was for you to become what you said at the very beginning, a managing partner. How did that happen for you in your world? Because a lot of people might want to do that with a person in their company, but they may not know how. Tell yeah. me how that progress was so that we can see how you can grow your company by actually partnering with somebody inside of it. Please. Yeah, I mean, I have a pretty unique situation because um, my partner, like, he has a passion project in Africa and I'm, I'm heavily involved with it. And he was like, you know, if you allow me to pursue my passion um, and you also help me with that too, meaning fly back and forth to Liberia and and take care of this for me, I'll, this, is, this is worth it to me. So wow. he gave me half the company because he now gets to do what he does. Like he just got back from Liberia. Um, I, I think if I put like, let me take my situation out of it. If I own a business, and um, like, what is it that I want? Because mm -hmm. everybody's worried about if they're going to sell, how much they're willing to give up. Yeah. My partner has an abundance mindset. He's like, he's not worried about giving up, you know, 50% here because he knows that he's going to get, you know, or, you know, worried about getting 100% because he knows that he could keep his hands off it and just watch it continue to grow and still reap the benefits of him busting his ass for yeah. 35 years, you yeah. know? So I think it's really is if somebody is, um, is uh, working in an organization, it's like, what value can they provide yeah. to an owner? And, um, and then what does it look like now? And then what does it look like, you know, what it can be? And I know like Tom Howard talks a lot about like, profit interest units and things like that. And sure. it's, you know, it's getting creative. It's, it's hard because there's two sides of it, right? It's like, you're in an organization. And I think that happens a lot. You're a GM and you're going like, okay, I'm entitled to this because the owner's playing golf every day. Yeah. Um, so I always question like, well, if you were the GM of Best Buy, would you own Best Buy? Yeah. You know, so you mm -hmm. have to create value. Like you have to, just cause the owner is doing his thing, like, you know, this is America and we all have our own opportunities and we can do things, but I always say like build value. So you're, it's worth it. And then set objectives and say, okay, right now we're at, we're worth, you know, 20 million. And um, if we get us to 40 million, I get X amount. If we get to 50 million valuation, I get X amount and really just create value, not just here's what I deserve. Um, and also just, you know, be, irreplaceable in your character, not what you do in your role, because everybody's replaceable, but like, I'm irreplaceable. You're not going to find another Jake. Oh, I love that. So, like, it, you have to like, it's not like you do things secretively and you build systems that only Jake can run. Sure. But it's like, you know, Ron and I work so well together that he can't imagine working with anyone else. Um, so I think that's some of the value I've built with him is our relationship. And he's willing to kill for me, so I'm willing to die for him. Oh, that's an aura from service time quote. By the way, I love that. I love that. That is so good. And you said the S word, the scary systems word. So tell me, because communication between people who are traveling or distant, uh, my whole team is remote. Tell me how you guys communicate. We'll just cover one system, 
um, and, and keep that close bond with each yeah. other. Tell us yeah. how that works when you're separated from one another. Well, if we're going to talk about systems, I'd like to actually defer from that because Ron is 100% hands off. He has nothing to do with the company. Yeah. So, wow. um, but what I like is we had a meeting the other day and it was a leadership meeting. We had like eight managers in the meeting and I had a very emotional moment as the first time I think I would ever cry at work. Wow. And it was, I'm sick of the waste and the mistakes and, you know, me taking on this role where it's almost like I'm a dictator where I point something out and everybody at the table is then waiting for direction for how I'm going to solve it. Yeah. And I, I just had a moment where I, I was sick of it. And so, you know, everybody's bought in and they're going like, okay, well, you know, we're going to use this and we're going to go to our team and we're going to start holding people accountable. And I'm like, hold on, that's not what we're going to do. Yeah. Let's start with setting expectations. Like, does your team actually know what you expect out of them? Do they truly know like what your goals are? Do you know what their goals are? And then we have that transparent conversation that's not saying, Hey, things are changing, but it's like, Hey, look, this has gone on for so long. Let me show you. I created a waste report and service time where we can actually go in and show every time that we have a waste job. Every time there's a warranty, it's tagged with people's names. They can actually see the data and go, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize, you know, that was going on. So now we have a clear system to show people. Um, and also at the same time, while we're coaching them is, you know, holding them accountable, but you can't hold somebody accountable if you don't even have a simple standard. Then so you're just a jerk. So true. So true. I love this. This is beautiful. And an incredible segue to Martha. In our company, we use 90, the software 90, which is a traction based tool. I love it because all week or at night or on the weekends or whenever I'm thinking about it, I can put an issue in 90 and then we can address it when we're all together on the call. And it doesn't just linger in my mind. I have a place to place it. So that's a system that I love. and So I'm going to pass you off to Martha. Thank you so much, Jake. That was very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Jake, um, you mentioned something earlier and I thought, ooh, I want to talk about that. And that was how you build the trust between basically your management staff and your field staff. And uh, so, you know, we don't have an abundance of time, but what things have you done? Cause you mentioned you've got to have trust in the people who are going out there. Um, what things do you feel like have been most successful for building that trust, that two way trust? It's another thing that we just haven't arrived on that, that we're, we're continuing to work on. And I think when you say everybody uses the word coaching, mm -hmm. I'm not in love with that. Like, I think there is time for coaching. I coach both my son's baseball teams. I think sometimes just like having that conversation, that one-on-one -on -one, and it's, but also not just, you know, pointing out things that are good. Um, I think it's for us, it's like we're building trust by being transparent. Yeah. Things, we just hired an amazing person. She like worked for one of our competitors. And I was like, what, it, you know, and she was basically like the general manager and they're a huge, they're a big company. And uh, I was like, what is your average service tech like generate? And she's like, I don't know. And I'm like, how much revenue did you guys do? I don't know. And I'm like, why don't you know? And they're like, well, that was kept from us. I was like, even the person running. So for us, it's like, we have to be transparent, not just in the bad, but also the good. 
Right. You know, like they need to understand when we're doing good, like our, our management team, like this is something that I didn't share. Like I didn't share like EBITDA. And now that's our main focus is like we're in business to generate a profit so we can pay people better and grow our company. We have to make right way has to make its core, its team. And then our team makes our, our customers their core. So we treat them right. They treat our customers right. And then right way wins. It's not like you don't just put all the focus on right way. It's like, no, it's like we're just the result. If we're doing a good job, we're making money. If we're doing a bad job, then we're not making money. So I think for us, it's something that we're really continuing to work on. And when I say work on, we're actually sharing more is transparency. And you can't build trust unless you're being fully transparent. Everybody needs to know how much revenue. Everybody needs to know how much money we're making. Everyone needs to know how much money we're losing, not because of pity or cutbacks, but because how do we improve? So I think that's the biggest thing is like transparency. And then the number one thing is going to be communication. If you ask anyone here, um, like, what is it you want most? A lot of people say is like, I want to know what mistakes I'm being made are being made. Like, but I also want to know what I'm doing well. So a lot of our coaching, like if you only coach the bad, then you're not going to ever get trust. Like sometimes you need to reward people just for doing their job. Just like my son, when he goes up to bat, he's expected to hit the ball every time. But when he hits the ball, I'm jumping up and down congratulating him. So even though it's been taboo in the past, like, like giving somebody a high five for doing their job, I'm like, dude, let's be all about it. Let's like, we, you know, we, we coach the good as much as we coach the bad. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think just even having those conversations does, I don't think it comes naturally for field staff and management to understand how intertwined they are. And um, so when we would have the conversations about, hey, listen, um, just for example, clocking errors or something, you know, just talking about how when these things happen, how it affects the other and then vice versa was always really eye opening for the staff. And I think it does bring them closer when they understand that your actions or lack of this is how it affects and again in the form of transparency um but it's you know building that team and understanding how one affects the other and that you can kind of make or break as somebody's day by yeah 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 they, they need like and i misread the question i thought you said managers so i was like talking about managers to, to field staff, but internally, we just like, if you were a service tech, you had to call a line, press for admin, press one for accounting, press two. We got rid of that. Now we, we have a dispatcher. Now we have two. So now if there's a problem out in the field, like to me, it's providing support. So the value, this field staff tend to know the value of the, uh, the internal staff because they're the ones setting up the calls. They're the one taking care of the customers. But for us, it's like we need to have this organization where we focus on the customer and we're very sales minded. So we need to support our field staff to get the job done the right way. And we need like we actually had gatekeepers 
like which is our phone system. Now, if you're a service tech or a sales rep, you call a number, it rings to dispatch. Dispatch doesn't answer, it rings to admin. Admin doesn't answer, my phone's ringing. Mm-hmm. So we have to provide support to our team. And so they know that if there's a problem, like, I don't know if you guys have ever worked out in the field. I did years ago. And when you're out in the field and you are in front of a customer and you need help and nobody's answering the phone, you can blow a sale. And it's so disheartening and it's scary because sometimes you're in a really bad situation and all you want is that, you know, person like Anna or Stacia here to pick up the phone and say, Jake, hey, how can I help? What's going on? So having that direct communication is critical. And I don't mean your CSRs, hire a dispatcher, or if you're the owner and you're a small organization, answer your phone. <laughs> yep. Yep. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we about run out of time, Tay. So I'm going to let you start us off with some homework. And I'm going to sign some homework based on what you just said, Jake. All right. Awesome. So Jake, you're more than welcome. Um, We'll kind of go through in our order that we went through with speaking to you today on the show um, to give homework and you're more than welcome at the end to add a piece. But for our listeners, we are about to give you five to six pieces of homework and that is a lot to do within one week. So we do ask that you please only choose one piece of homework, whichever piece really speaks to you this week and you know it's been something that's on your plate that you need to move the needle forward on. So um outside of that if you have help or need help i should say and need to ask a question we do have an accountability group that is private on facebook and you can be able to join that at any point in time and ask questions about said homework now we'll go ahead and get started so marketing homework i challenge you this week to look at your name look at your slogan look at the things that are outward facing to the public but also speak internally to the company that was really what jake and i spoke a lot about today was the power of rightway's name and how it had both an internal power along with the external power for the customer. So are they doing it the right way interior-wise with their internal customers, and are they doing it the right way for their external customers? So I challenge you to look at your name this week and see how you can be able to either adjust that or see how it is being currently portrayed to the community. Right, sales homework. So we talked a lot about empathy and connection first so that you can drive those sales. So my challenge is if you answer the phone or if it's someone else at your company that answers the phone, make sure you have some sort of empathetic connection statement first and you're listening to the problem before you dive into those logistics. Make the connection first. I like it. Before diving into logistics, and Jake gave the example of, great, I'm glad you're trapped in your garage and you can't get your recital. What's your name? Or something like that. Listening to the problem before diving into the solutions. I think the best that Jake gave was coming husband, wife, or boyfriend, girlfriend coming home. Like, (laughs) really taking it to that one. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? I wouldn't fly at my house. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not our house either. Uh, Okay. And for finance homework, I want you to look at your calendar from last week and I want you to notice how many of the people on that calendar were new versus returning. Mm -hmm. I want you to start prioritizing how we can fill our schedule with more returning customers. What are things that we can do internally, both from like a time perspective and a money perspective to um, really kind of show those customers we value them, we appreciate them, and we want to see them back again. 
Awesome. And your system's homework is to uh, get real with your team. It's going to kick off something new in your company, uh, good, bad, or un uh, indifferent. It's going to make something uncomfortable, turn into something really beautiful like Jake did. So I'm going to say get real with your team and be transparent. That's your system's homework for today. Okay. And your people homework. Um, building trust between management and field staff is a lot about making each other look good. So I want you to think about how does management make field staff look good? And that's like having the right job notes. Um, you're giving them all the information they need to be confident in front of the customer. Uh, and then how does the field staff make management ownership look good? And where you really start with that is how do you make each other look bad? So you can start with how you make each other look bad and then how you're going to fix it. We're having a lot of fun with your name in the comments here. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't get those jokes. When, like, someone asked him, Jake from State Farm, he's like, we're going to a farm? <laughs> oh, Jake, you're more than welcome to add a piece if you would like. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's important, like, set expectations. Like, don't always just use that word accountability and coaching. Like, let them know what truly is, is expected of them. And I don't just mean metrics and goals. Like, um, and the other thing is like with managers, for people that have multiple managers, like make sure that managers, like their goals, like they actually have influence. And, and that's some things that we're working on now. Like if, if revenue or certain revenue and profit is our goal, like what is the warehouse manager? Like in, how do they influence that? Like every goal has to be um, influenced and then be transparent and not just like, hey, everybody, um, our revenue's down. Look at our profit. It's only at, you know, 3%. Like you also have to be transparent with the good. And I think that just leads to building trust. Like start with your managers. Um, there's an exercise you can do like with even like that we just did recently. Like we had this thing where we started about like with customer acquisition and average sale and conversion and, you know, close rate. And, and we actually walked through and I actually had them write down and there was a lot of simple math our management team just couldn't do. Why? Because I didn't share that with them. So mm -hmm. I own that. And now like my managers are going to understand EBITDA. They're going to understand um, expense. They're going to understand and the way that their departments influence the PL statements. And they're going to understand the math, you know, how to get there and understand it. Wow. Love it. The final thing is, thank you guys. Honestly, like this is a very <laughs> free flowing. I was extremely nervous. Um, oh, I love the name Fight Club for Business. I hope I could talk about it because I know it's like the first rule about Fight Club. You can't talk about it. But um, we make our own uh, energy. You can you talk about it all you really want. Amazing job of like facilitating and making me feel comfortable because although Megan says I like to talk, I'm not a very uh, systematic speaker in any way. Wow. That's not true. That's not true. Look, there's so much love here. Zach. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. Possible I, love Zach. I love Zach. And, and David says you're awesome. Awesome. Thank you, David. 
Um, Wonderful. Well, Jake, if someone does want to get in contact with you who doesn't know you already, what would be the best way for them to reach out? Um, if, if they could call my cell phone number, 415-424-1344. It's a real number. It's not like Megan when she gave me her number and the, the bubble went green. And I said, hey, I can't really trust people that use Androids. And she goes, here's my real iPhone. I actually have an iPhone. Um, the reason is I get a lot of people that reach out to me on messenger and say, Hey, can you, um, find time? Like that's very humbling, but yes, I could find time. If you have a question, text me, or if you can help me text me, like, don't like for the people that are, you know, are killing it. Like, I would love to hear from you and you share your experiences with me. And then you can email me at JW at rightwaygaragedoors.com. Um, and then if you're interested in, a high-end luxury surface products. You can reach me at jake at axolotlglobal.com. I can't spell axolotl. A-X-O-L-O-T-L. Axolotl is actually a salamander. Ooh, interesting. We're learning something. It's like one of the only animals that can like lose part of its brain and grow it back. Wow. So I don't know if that has something to do with our tagline the evolution of possible. <laughs> so good. And Jake, we always end with a quote. So I picked one that I thought fit and I love it. It's from Howard Schultz. And he says, success is best when it's shared. You shared a lot with us today and we're so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for joining us on Fight Club. Everybody have an awesome Tuesday out there. Thank you guys. Bye. Have a good week. Thanks, Bye. 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 Thanks so much. Bye. Yeah, thanks, Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for business.